Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he and I are a lot alike. Mike Florio, I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. I think we'd have a hell of a time after he beat me up. Mike Florio, I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. I have a man crush on him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> starting to think about getting an Aaron Rodgers tattoo. Of all the potential physiques that they could have chosen. They chose that one. I'm skinny, but I ain't that skinny. Well, they heard you're that wimpy guy that sneaks away and takes naps during Thanksgiving. So they just, they figured that fit well. You know, that's what they heard. Rumor is on the street, you like to sneak away during Thanksgiving meals and just disappear from the family and take a nap. Kind of selfish. I don't know. So much for everything we discuss off the air being off the record. I will remember that. Oh, yes, I will. And I'm I will sure take you notes, will. Christopher. I will. Sure. But happy birthday, oh, Aaron Rodgers. I guess we should say old Aaron Rodgers. 37. Man, that's old. Man. That's old. Aaron Rodgers. Woo, happy birthday. I, I really do mean it. He's my favorite player ever. You know I think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, and he's having a great year this year. Seriously. I mean, think about it. I think it's – I think it's – even closer than Vegas or anybody's giving it credit for right now as far as the MVP race. I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers, awesome. We know Mahomes, awesome. Mahomes does have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and a whole other you know group of names that are kind of impressive. And Rodgers doesn't have that. And I think that gets lost in this conversation a little bit too. Uh, either way, happy birthday to him. He, he does have Tavon Austin now. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, look, there there was a Take time where it looked get. like Tav- Tavon Austin was going to be special, right. and uh, maybe in that offense he will be. They they definitely need all the help they can get. And Alan Lazard's back. Marquez Valdez. That's Stanley. right. I don't, he didn't play this past weekend, but he's around. And Devontae Adams when he's healthy. But you know, Aaron Rodgers. I went back and looked at some of his past statements. We're getting closer to the point where he's based on things he said five, six years ago, just about done, but I don't think he's just about done. You know, it's one thing to say when you're early 30s, you're going to play until you're 37, 38. When you're 37, 38, then all of a sudden, I don't know, let's do this a little bit longer, and there's no reason to think he can't keep doing it. We, We are in the golden age of quarterbacks where we've got a great nucleus of young guys in the league, and we have this lingering batch of older quarterbacks who right. just keep going. Multiple guys in their 40s getting it done at a high level. That's a rarity. Not anymore in the NFL. And it's the product of a lot of things. It including is. Including rules that that keep quarterbacks from getting pummeled the way they used to. Right. They physically can last longer. And they know that the risk is lower when they're out there because the rules protect them against getting pummeled even further. That, that, that's it. I mean, that's that's the big thing. I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks with the rules. And, of course, hey, their health the knowledge and sports science, everything like that goes into it. You know, Brady, what he's done and you're really taking it to another level as far as a quarterback taking care of your body. But I, that's the way I look at it. The rules, especially, I mean, I, I just, this past weekend watching the highlight, I don't even know. They were talking about Reggie white. 
he's picking my dad up and, and body slamming him, doing the dead weight rule, right? That's where that started, Reggie White and Phil Sims, because he kept separating my dad's shoulder all the time. So, yeah, that is a big part of it. And then the other thing, too, Mike, and not that it pertains to Rodgers, but with the offensive or defensive rules the way they are, too, not just hitting the quarterback, but, you know, the – ticky-tacky, pass interference, all of these type of things, you know, quarterbacks are going to continue to put up pretty good numbers late in their year, late in their career too, because it's just swayed that way. And the numbers can be a little bit misleading because of screens and everything like that. But man, not in Rogers case, Rogers is unbelievable. And Mike, you think he's one of those guys that like, I don't know. Sometimes I think he's one of those guys that's so super talented that when he can't make magic anymore, he might just go, ah, oh, screw it. I'll go play golf and do something else. But you know, I don't know if he'll hang around and just be a B-minus quarterback. I wonder about that. I agree with you completely. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we talked not long ago about franchise quarterbacks who hang around for a paycheck, any paycheck they can get, like a Joe Flacco. Got no problem with that, but it's rare that it happens because, number one, you've made your money over and over and over again, and Flacco has made his money. Aaron Rodgers clearly has made his money. There's no reason to keep playing, and I think – it does get to the point where you feel like it's beneath you to stand on the sideline. It's beneath you to be a shell of who you were. I don't think he's got the burning passion that will cause him to keep the helmet on beyond the point where he can play at the level where he believes yeah. he can hold his head high and say, I'm still the guy I always was. And I, I, that's not criticism. I probably would be the yeah, same Yeah, I hear way him. I'm not if sure I, I were would there. Right. I, I wouldn't. I, look, hey, I, if I'm no longer the guy I used to be, then remember me for who I used to be. Don't right. remember me for this guy that is the constant subject of criticism of whether or not I still have the ability to throw the deep ball like Drew Brees yeah. or this constant churn of can I get it done? Right. Can I still play at a high level like Tom Brady's in the middle of right now? I mean, yeah, you love the sport, but sometimes you love it to the point where you end up looking like you're not who you used to be. It is and, interesting. I know. You know. It never becomes it never becomes Willie Mays. Like I don't think that any quarterback has has stayed for so long that people are like, Oh man, this is just sad. Because at some point they bench you. At some point they don't let you keep playing. Right. If it's that bad. But but yeah, I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers will say, see you later before it ever gets to that point. It, it is a really interesting conversation because I, I mean, we didn't even mean to go this way but like even on Thanksgiving Day just to give another example of what you're saying you know my little boy's watching the Lions in Detroit you know Adrian Peterson he doesn't know how great Adrian Peterson was I had to explain it to him because, dad I've been watching him the last few years you know he's good what dad you think he's one of the greatest running backs ever yeah buddy you got to go back and watch his first seven eight years of his career in his prime go back but yeah, there's a generation that you kind of, you know, you flirt with. They don't see you as the player you really are when you hang around and keep playing long into your career, past your A game and all everything like that to where, yeah, they, don't, they almost lose sight of what you really were when you were, you know, in your prime and hitting on all cylinders. I'm going to peel back the curtain for a second. Sometimes when Pete tells us to get back on track, I get back on track. Sometimes he tells us to get back yeah. on track. And I say no. I want to keep talking about it. So, Pete, <laughs> screw you, Pete. Screw I'm going to keep you, talking Pete. about this. Coincidentally, not ironically, it's Aaron Jones' birthday as well. He's 26, 11 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. In his contract year, up and down performance, injuries have been an issue. Interesting to see whether or not he'll be there next year when he turns 27 and Aaron Rodgers turns 38 on December 2nd. I am compelled to... Give a special birthday shout out to our friend John in the UK. His daughter, Caitlin, has made that request. He watches us every day. I'm not sure what's wrong with him if he watches <laughs> us every day. And we hope you eventually get better, John, to the extent that you feel compelled to watch us every day. But we appreciate you watching us. And hello to all our friends in the UK and in Ireland. And hopefully you turned on your TV an hour early. We're on at 6 o'clock UK Ireland time tonight. Because if we'd started at 7, they'd have had to pull the plug after 90 minutes. Because as of 8.30 p.m., prime time in London tonight, they get Ravens-Steelers. Prime time They never in get London. a game it's awesome. that starts just at that moment. Right. Nobody gets a, I mean, 3.40 p.m. Eastern, what's that? Well, that's prime time. Smack dab in the middle for the U.K. and Ireland. <laughs> so enjoy the game tonight, and hopefully you tuned in an hour early. Hopefully your DVR reset itself to pick up. The, uh, the full two hours of the program there. So, Ravens-Steelers on for tonight. 
I, I made the comment last night, only half jokingly, in a post at PFT, that nothing short of a full blown zombie apocalypse is going to keep this game from going forward. It's right. just it, that's just what it is. Yeah. Like yesterday, when it was time for the Ravens crop report, multiple reporters claimed that there were no new positives for the Ravens, which means someone somewhere connected to the broader NFL machinery was telling reporters no new positives for the Ravens. Lo and behold, one new player positive and one new staff positive for the Ravens. Hmm, peculiar that that would be the case. They still loaded up the plane. They flew to Pittsburgh. They're playing tonight. They're playing tonight. They're playing tonight. They're going to do point-of-care testing on site today. I don't know what that's going to mean if there are more positives. They're still going to play this game. Nothing at this point, Chris, is going to stop them from playing this game tonight. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. And, I mean, we've talked about it the last few days to where uh, I get it. It, It's a – Whoa, you're opening up a can of worms if you cancel this, and it's a lot of other issues that we've we've dove into. Where where I just go, Mike, there is I mean, we've seen teams do this already, right? I mean, we saw New England, who there was the Stefan Gilmore still got on a plane even though they knew he might have been in close contact with people there, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of went through the team. I mean, it's just tremendously risky. That's all I can really say. But hopefully between you know that that bracelet or the the I forget the what the hell is the name of that thing to say the contact, contact tracing, tracing device. device exactly right that you know hopefully they have enough info from that to feel comfortable about okay nobody was around these guys and we'll see where it goes but it, it seems like the NFL is willing to roll the dice a little bit here with these type of issues as long as it's just not totally a full blown you know outbreak on a football team. The game has been delayed for so long that the original two players who were presumed to be unavailable for the Ravens are now available as of today. Running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, who tested positive Sunday of last week. The overtime loss, loss, loss. It's been so long, I can't remember. Loss to the Titans. They got knocked out the next day. They were part of the initial outbreak. They now are eligible to return today. This is a game that's been delayed by six days. I mean, think about it. Week 12 began last Thursday. It's Week crazy. 12 is ending tonight. And they do have, expect. I'm, I'm assuming there's no further positive for Dobbins and Ingram today. They'll be back tonight traveling separately. They won't have Lamar Jackson at quarterback tonight. RG3 instead. And RG3 started Several games against Pittsburgh over the course of his career. He had time with the Cleveland Browns. Last year, Week 17, he played against the Steelers in Week 17 when the the, the Ravens pulled guys like Lamar Jackson. But I still go back to 2012 when RG3 was taking the league by storm and Washington played at Pittsburgh. And Mike Tomlin and company had a very simple approach. Hit him. him. Just hit him. Hit him every chance you get. They ran him on on a pass route. Trick play yeah. at one point, he and he got there. clobbered down the right. field. And and Ryan Clark was was very open about it. I don't know whether it was at the time or after he was in that 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 mode where he was playing and working for ESPN. But at some point, he came out and said, "Look, that's what we did to him, and it worked." So uh, get ready for more of that tonight. The Steelers not bashful about getting physical with quarterbacks who choose to run, and it's likely we'll see RG three run the ball. And one of the problems with him over the years, Chris, has been his inability and or unwillingness to avoid yeah. contact. He welcomes it. Remember this first game for the Browns. Oh, what did he do? Yeah. Dropped a shoulder, dropped right. a shoulder into an Eagles defensive back, and he was out for most of the season. Yeah, had a chance to kind of revive his career and get back on track and decided to lower his shoulder there. You're right. That was that was big. Um, there, there, I mean, you're right. He's different than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson just – he's special as far as a quarterback or runner. I've really never seen a guy like that quick, that good of a runner who can run through traffic – and still has just a great feel of, you know, never taking big hits, kind of getting down as he's getting in the scrum of getting hit. Yeah, RG3 is not gifted like that. He's a little longer and more gangly, not to be disrespectful, to where, yeah, he's he's more of a straight liner. And if he's got somewhere to go and it's a straight line, watch out. But he's not going to be, you know, juking people out and making them look silly and breaking ankles and doing all that. Either way, though, the threat of the run will still be there with RG3. And I think that's the thing that Baltimore needs. Not that they need him to rip off a 100-yard game rushing, 
but if they can just have a threat. So, all right, at the end of the night, we look up and we might see six rushes for 48 yards, something like that, then he's done his job. And the fact that this has been delayed so long and now they got these running backs back, Ingram, Dobbins, to go along with Gus Edwards, man, that's that's a great gift for this football team. You know, I don't know about you, Mike. I mean, I know it's going to be a weird week, tough week, all of that. I'm just, I'm still not counting Baltimore out in this one. I just think it's desperation. I think they'll be pissed. And I think uh, you might catch Pittsburgh in a little bit of like, what the hell is going on here this week? We're playing Wednesday at 340. And I, I just have a feeling. I'm just a gut like you, like your good spaghetti and meatballs. Interesting contrast because Shereen Williams on PFTPM gives the Ravens absolutely no, no chance. chance. That, that this is the equivalent of the Broncos having no quarterbacks on Sunday against the Saints. No chance to win, even though the Ravens have RG3. She thinks, and I, I tend to agree, the Steelers are going to be salty. The Steelers right. are going to be pissed. Sorry, London. The Steelers are going to let out a full week of frustration on the Ravens. And remember last Wednesday when the game was first bumped from Thanksgiving, there was the rash of complaints on social media from Steelers players. Yeah. That all ended quickly. Mike Tomlin, I think, took their phones. And Mike Tomlin made it clear to them, we will not complain. We, we will do our complaining on the football field. You don't like what's happened, you let them know about it during the game. Now, I'm not saying that that's what they should do. I'm just saying that that's, that's the football yeah, that's, coach that's that him. Mike Tomlin is. It He's going to channel that aggression toward the things that they do on the football field. Hit the guy across from you a little bit harder, but legally. Play a little more aggressively, but legally. But if you're mad, use that. Direct that toward what you're going to be doing. That's why I... I hear what you're saying. The Ravens are desperate, but yeah. I think what's happened to the Ravens over the past week, you forget about desperation. You forget about the – you're just trying to get your paychecks at this point. You're just trying to make sure everybody's healthy at this point. Trying to get back to the postseason. I mean, last year isn't going to happen again. 14-2 and two is not going to happen again. The best they can be is 12-4, and four, and they aren't going to be 12-4 and four based on how they've played recently. I just think that it's survival mode more than desperation mode for the Ravens at this point. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a, psych a psychology experiment, really. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, again, first off, I'm, I'm playing a little bit on that, too, of the Ravens physically had their way with Pittsburgh, too, the first time around. You know, we know that. And I bet you they'll have a little bit of a different approach on defense to where, hey, it's going to throw Big Ben a curveball, that. But you're right, Mike. I don't know where this goes. I mean, I don't know. I just would be shocked. I mean, we've seen teams, and I know we got the Raiders in two different games where they've dealt with COVID. One, they were successful and played very close against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, with the defensive line not practicing all that week. I know the other time they got beat by the Bucks pretty handily without their offensive line being able to practice. But we saw the Tennessee Titans not really have a lot of time to prepare and still somehow come out and whoop the crap out of the, the Buffalo Bills. So... Uh, I, I'm just saying I, I understand they're missing players and it's been a whirlwind of a week, but meetings, preparation, team that this far into the year, I, I just I don't think they're going to be like a total slot fest tonight. That's all I'm saying. I think it's going to be a good competitive football game, and I, I would I would be shocked if the Steelers blew out the Ravens. I really would be shocked. I just believe that the Ravens have been through a roller coaster ride over the last week and a half that no one else has dealt with, short of the Titans. But you know what? When the Titans went through it, what did they do? What did they do? They they actually seemed to play better. Maybe yeah. I know maybe that's what I'm saying. Their I sanctuary right. becomes the football field. And now now the difference is, and Ryan Tannehill and I talked about this the other day, and it brought back memories of the vibe that was out there early in the season when the Titans had their issues. Yeah. They galvanized around the idea that everyone treated them like villains, that everyone was was down on them, was blaming them, was accusing them. And other than the Steelers being salty, it's not like there's been this avalanche of criticism of the Ravens. There's been a greater understanding. Stuff happens, right? Even though it traces to a strength coach who Sounds reportedly, like allegedly, whatever, hid, hid his his symptoms and and wasn't wearing a mask and you you that you're the pinch point for a lot of exposures when you're the strength coach because guys are going into the weight room and you're there uh and, and so even with that there hasn't been 
a lot of finger wagging at the Ravens because I think we've learned over the course of the year that this stuff is just going to happen. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the last week and a half affects or doesn't affect the Ravens tonight on the football field and what they say about it after the fact. Yeah, as they're inevitably asked what impact, if any, the the ongoing delays and the ongoing outbreaks had on the Ravens' performance. Uh, the 49ers have some new dynamics that will Whoa. factor into their late-season playoff run. They are in Arizona for practice this week in advance of a Monday night game, Chris, against the Buffalo Bills. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan, coach of the 49ers, regarding this unexpected but not completely not completely unforeseen development where they can't play their games at home and have to go to Arizona. Basically, we're, we're moving out there, and our hotel will be our new Levi Stadium, which is where we go to work. Um, and just like when we're here, you go to work every day, you get tested. Um, you know, when we're here, then we go straight home to our house and stay there till you come back the next day to work. Now our, I look at it as our house happens to be where our work's at. Um, so when we're done with work, I guys just go upstairs to their hotel room. Um, we can't sit there. You don't want to hang out and stuff. That's, that's how things, people get in trouble with them. And that's how it spreads. That's what happened to us during our bye week um, at a hotel. So we won't sit there and hang out at all. So we'll work there and then the guys will go up to their hotel room. It's often said that that guys can bond when they're kind of in that, that same spot. Um, honestly, no, none at all. Um, we're, we're not allowed to bond in those spots. That's what guys did for 30 minutes after dinner, um, after the New Orleans game. And that's what, um, got us a couple positive tests. Um, during our bye week um so I mean, we don't have tables out where they can eat so people don't hang out i mean the place that we bond is really on the field or in zoom meetings yeah this isn't bonding this isn't about bonding but here's what it's about and i guarantee you even though this is a hardship for the individual players for the individual coaches for everybody else on that staff that has to leave home for up to five weeks if the 49ers have to play in arizona the rest of the season there are coaches out there and maybe Kyle would admit this in a quiet, private moment. Yeah. Chris, but I guarantee you there are other coaches that are jealous of what Kyle Shanahan now has. He has a bubble. Yeah, right. He has his guy. Right? Because I mean, Kyle glossed over the idea, well, you know, at home they just go home and they stay home. How do you know they go home and they stay home? How do you know that they aren't being exposed when they go home and they're around other family members? This is the thing that coaches have been worried about all year long. Once those players and everyone else leave the facility out into a community where the virus is running rampant, you worry that you're going to get guys who show up positive. That worry, that stress, that anxiety is now plummeted if everyone is in the hotel. The hotel is Levi's Stadium, as Kyle said. That This is... Not quite discovering plutonium by accident because we've known it's been there all year. This is circumstances giving the 49ers what most coaches would want, a local bubble where you don't have to worry about your guys when they go home at night. Well, it could be, to what you're saying, you're going down a playoff run like this. There, there's no room for error right now with the 49ers to where, yeah, it could be kind of a, a blessing in disguise. I hear you there. I do. Um, but, man, I mean, I just think about, first off, the 49ers in totality, their year. Wow. I mean, yeah, COVID, Super Bowl loss, all that. I mean, record-breaking injuries. We've never seen a team really, especially a, a defending Super Bowl champion, have to deal with the amount of injuries the 49ers have, the star players that they've missed. Now you deal with this, too. You know, and there's just this ongoing feud between the 49ers and the city of Santa Clara and issues there. And to have to go there and, yeah, to like what you're saying, it, it's a good thing as far as the bubble mentality and you don't have to worry about that. But, wow, what a whirlwind just for players and coaches and everything to just be on the road again. You know, oh, hey, you know, meetings, everything like that is going to be a little awkward. Coaches, where do I watch my film? Where do we break this down? How does this all work? I mean, that's just some curveball, some wrench to throw into an organization. You know, I know Kyle can handle it. I'm not worried about that. But uh, just the, the 49ers, I'm amazed at all the things and obstacles they've had to overcome this year. And I watched the 49ers-Rans game back yesterday. We, we made that the subject of our PFTPM weekly rewatch. Yeah. 
the, the 49ers, even with everything they've been through, right. even with all those key players gone, they are still a quality team. They are. To go into L.A. and complete the sweep of a Rams team that, that knew it couldn't afford to be swept by a team in its own division. Now they have to worry about the 49ers potentially catching them, leapfrogging them. The 49ers just two games behind, but they hold that tiebreaker edge with the Rams. That was a huge, huge win. And and I've got even more respect for your guy, Kyle, uh, for his ability to, to – and it's that Belichick. You know, I keep comparing him to the Belichick adjusting. in a good way. Yeah. Not, not the gruff, you know, gratuitous guy that rolls his eyes and harumps when he's asked a question that he doesn't like, but – the, the next man up and the no excuses. No excuses. We expect whoever comes in to replace the guy that's injured or is on the COVID-19 reserve list to play at the level that that we expect for the starter. Yeah, right. And, right. you know, again, it's it's still not putting them in the category of in the playoffs, but they're in the hunt. And they could be as dangerous from the back of the pack as they were from the front of the pack. Because they're, to me, the NFC's equivalent of the Patriots. If they get in, you don't want them showing up in your building in January. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's still, like you said, too many big physical guys up front. You know, they're still a good-looking football team. And then even with those guys that you're talking about that are not starters, that are the backups, everything, you know, the, the one thing... You know, that coaching staff does is they give their players the little bit of a schematical advantage always, too. I mean, Kyle's amazing at finding ways for the offense to get off and make plays, no matter who's the quarterback or whatever it is. And now he's got Ayuk and Debo Samuel both healthy. And yeah, no George Kittle, but it's enough of him to play with between Mostert, Wilson, some of the running backs they have. And he does a great job of making the game easy for guys, making it fun, and then putting them in positions that are meant for them to succeed. And then Robert Sala is the same way on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Robert Sala, I know he was this big head coaching candidate last year because why? They were a Super Bowl team. He should still be one this year. He's doing an unbelievable job. It should. He's a damn good coach. He really is. He's creative as hell. His team always plays hard. And uh, that's what's impressive about them. It really is. And it goes into something you and I have talked to, too. The kind of player they've drafted and signed in free agency there where it's just, wait, it's my turn. Coach said run through the wall. Okay, I'm going to run through the wall. There's no hesitation. Let's go. We saw the psychoness of that team at the playoff game last year. Remember? I think you and I and Rodney were all taken back. Like, whoa, they got a lot of psychos out here. Whoa, they're overconfident. And whoa, they don't give a damn. And it's it's what Lynch and Shanahan have done to that organization. Yeah, and that's a key, and I think that needs to be amplified. We noticed that last year at a time when you have limited contact, limited padded practices, limited, if any, tackling to the ground in practice. You need guys who can flip the switch and go be badasses yeah. and and not have to practice tackling. You don't, you know, for certain guys, you don't need to practice what you innately know how to do, and that's what they have. One quick point before we move on, yeah. because – this kind of dawned on Shireen and I last night as we were talking about both the Seahawks and the 49ers on PFTPM. They have Debo Samuel in San Francisco, and he was awesome this week. After missing five weeks, he came back and didn't miss a beat. Right. He was great. He was the best player on the field for yeah. the team. Yep. If DK Metcalf had just dropped a few more spots— they could have had him. They took Jalen Hurd, the Baylor receiver who's never played because of injury. Yeah. And I just would love to oh. know. I'd love to know. You need to get Kyle drunk one night and ask him. <laughs> if Metcalf had been there, if the Seahawks hadn't taken him, it was just three spots later when the 49ers drafted and they drafted another receiver. Could you imagine Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf on that team? Now, I, I don't know that Metcalf would have the opportunities that he's had in Seattle to become who he's become. Yeah. But could you imagine those two guys on the field? I can. I can. And I I feel pretty confident in saying that if DK Metcalf was there for that pick, that Kyle would have taken him. Yeah. I I know Kyle might not like me saying this or whatever. He really liked DK Metcalf. He liked Debo Samuel a little bit more, obviously. I think he felt like he fit his offense and a little bit with the speed sweep stuff, and that was it. But – he was very pro DK Metcalf. I'd have a hard time thinking he would have passed him up if he was on the board again. And wait, one last thing too, Mike. I know they're playing their games there. 
are they are they staying there all week through the next few weeks too? That's where I'm just a little confused with some of the comments. Sounds like they are. They are, Sounds right? Sounds like they are. Okay, okay. Because yeah. a few times you said Levi Stadium Hotel, and I was just like, what? I no, got, no. I, okay. No, Kyle said our hotel is basically Levi's Stadium. Yeah. That that's okay. where we're going to be, and right. that's where we're going to stay. So they're staying there. And apparently the families have option to come out and join them. I don't know how all that's going to work. And, again, you're introducing individuals into your mini bubble that could be problematic. Or, or, or I think what could happen is the families could set up at an Airbnb or something like that. Is that and what then, it is? And, okay. and then it is the same deal. You go home, well, you come he back, He said and Levi, tested. and it's State Farm, right? The other stadium. That's where I think State I got Farm confused. State Farm is the other stadium. So sorry. Yep. Sorry about that. I'm blonde and I play that's all right. football. Sorry. The Denver Broncos are getting back their quarterbacks. Chris, once upon a time, was one of the quarterbacks on the Broncos depth chart. Three of them who did not test positive last week, but were knocked out because of close contact with Jeff Driscoll, who did test positive. The other three are back. Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Blake Bortles. L let's, uh, I assume we have time for this. Here's Jerry. This is, Jer I love it when Jerry Jones talks because he, he always gives us something interesting and entertaining, even when it's not always directly about his team. Here he is from yesterday in exchange regarding the fact that the Broncos had no quarterbacks on Sunday. You think the integrity of these games is in question when you have teams play without a quarterback basically at all? Well, I think you take risks. And uh, you take risk when you uh, make a, your quarterback mobile and risk getting him hit, uh, risk his availability. Uh, we've got to look at that for the future relative to Dak and just how much uh, do we want him to get hit in the future. So you take risks. You take risks when you put all the quarterbacks in the same room. If you were uh, worried about those things, you can spread them out a little bit. You can, not even, uh, you can, you can save one. Uh, I don't know that, uh, uh, that that Denver had any more of a challenge than we've had with Danucci or with uh, the young quarterbacks that we've had. Look, I, I understand what he's saying. I mean, the reality, though, is the integrity of the season already has been undermined by the fact that players, and, and it's not arbitrarily removed, but they are removed for precautionary reasons because of close contact with people who have tested positive. You have guys who are made to be unavailable because of concerns that the virus could further spread within a team, even if it ultimately doesn't. And that heightened awareness is something that came into play as the season unfolded. And they're always concerned about the season being the same week one to week 17. This season isn't the same week one to week 17. Different attitudes have been applied throughout the season. Different standards have been applied. And and yeah, to, to have a team play with no quarterbacks because of these rules, even though none of them ultimately tested positive, it does create a question of the integrity of the season. It is far different than a team, Chris, having bad luck with injury and being down to its third or fourth quarterback. At least the Cowboys were able to put a quarterback yeah, that's on the right. field. Yeah. They chose their backup quarterback. They chose, frankly, not to make Colin Kaepernick one of their backup quarterbacks or someone better than Ben DiNucci or Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. They chose that. They at least had access to backup quarterbacks. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. They did. And, I mean, the, the year's not fair. Okay, yeah. I mean, and, you know, okay, it's it's the integrity of the game. Yeah, we had a game last week that didn't have a quarterback. It was a wide receiver playing a quarterback. I understand that. But, okay, there would be way more questions about the integrity of the game if we started canceling games and doing things like that and had teams with uneven schedules and some teams who played good teams and some teams who didn't. That would in, That would question the integrity of the whole season. At some point. And I think, okay, I'd rather question the integrity of one game uh, than, I, than I would the rest of the totality of the NFL football season. And it's just like you said, it's the time we're in right now and crap happens and you got to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, the two years that we had shortened seasons due to strikes, 82 with nine games, 87 with 15, and three of those games with replacement players – it was the same for everyone. Same number of games, same circumstances, same everything. Some teams like Washington, very aggressive yeah. with their replacement teams, and it worked. And other the Giants teams weren't. Other teams just kind of mailed it in, yeah. and it caused their seasons to fall apart. Right. But everyone had the same chance. Everyone had the same rules. Everyone knew that this is the way it's going to be. And this idea that some teams play 15, some play 16, some play 14, and it's yeah, they're trying to avoid that as best they possibly can. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see whether or not they can get, number one, all 16 games in for every team, and number two, 
whatever they do, that it's an equal number of games. And uh, we'll, we'll just see. We're, we're, we're going to finish Week 12 tonight. Week 13 begins Sunday. No Thursday night game this week. We'll have Monday games, Tuesday game next week. And uh, we'll see if we get Week 13. And it's just going to be a day-by-day, week-by-week proposition until we get through the end of the regular season. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, Doug Peterson was asked a question that struggling coaches tend to be asked this time of year. We'll let you know what he had to say when he was asked that question when PFT Live resumes right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. A, a two-part question for you. First, have you received assurances that you'll be able to, to see through uh, this season as head coach? Um, I haven't been reassured one way or the other, no. Okay, and the, the second part is, you know, do you do you feel like you're, you know, the way that things are going, that your, your job is in jeopardy, um, you know, at least following this season? You know... Listen, I, I, I've been around this league a long time, 25 years, I believe, uh, as a player and a coach. And, and um, you know, we're always based on and, and we're evaluated on our performance. And uh, right now, uh, that's obviously not my uh, not my concern as far as that decision goes. That's, that's, that's out of my hands. But what's in my hands and in my control is, is getting the team prepared and ready uh, for, uh, you know, for Green Bay uh, this weekend. I think it was fitting that as Doug Peterson answered those questions, the Super Bowl trophy was looming over his shoulder. Seriously, right? It was just just three years ago. Just three years ago that the Eagles won it all, but it shows you how short the memories are and how exacting the demands can be, especially once you've proven that you can win a Super Bowl. It's the kid who brought home straight A's. You can't just bring straight A's home once. The parents develop an expectation. Uh, the straight A's are going to continue. I could say I brought it home every now and then. I brought it home, and then I went back and said, eh, I don't know. But you're right. I know what you're saying. You're right. There is that expectation. And he set expectations at a very high level, definitely. There's there, there's no doubt about that. I do. Do you think I, – I, I'm one that sits here and goes, Doug Peterson on the hot seat to me is crazy. Crazy. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to say it. This year's not been good. We understand that. We hit a lot on, you know, hey, Carson Wentz's struggles, injury issues. We talked about, hey, the team itself, you know, they might have held on to that Super Bowl team shelf life just one or two years too long and Howie Roseman. So it's bigger than Doug Peterson. But damn, I mean, seven and nine, Super Bowl, beat up after the Super Bowl, make a run get in the playoffs, almost got the Saints in big trouble as the number one seed in the NFC. Last year, injuries again, battle, get to the playoffs once again. I mean, to me, that's not even a discussion. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't think it should be a discussion either, especially since it's a crazy upside-down year. And we've never seen, and I still keep racking my brain, for a quarterback who came in with a high draft pedigree, who played well enough, to get a second contract. And it's not like anyone was saying Carson Wentz shouldn't get a second contract. I was saying Jared Goff maybe shouldn't get a second contract, but I wasn't thinking that Carson Wentz shouldn't get a second contract. And then all of a sudden he's not the guy that he was. Well, what do you do? What, 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 how, how do you process that? You've got financial 
restrictions that make it impossible to move on from Carson Wentz. You have to try to make chicken salad. And the idea that the guy who's been to the playoffs three straight years, who won a Super Bowl, who almost got back to the Final Four, who somehow with a five and second seven record last year, won the last four games of the right. season, got to the playoffs and could have beaten the Seahawks. Yeah. But for the illegal hit that was neither flagged nor fined when Jadavian Clowney went in hot helmet first on Carson Wentz and concussed him. And they had to go with Josh McCown the rest of the way for crying out loud. We love Josh McCown, but not in a playoff game against the Seahawks. We love him. So, uh, and the, and the idea that this team, which is only a half game out of first place, that and the, the the mere fact that we that we've arrived at the point in the season where a reporter will with a straight face ask those questions have you gotten an assurance that you're going to be the coach for the rest of the year do you think that you're going to be the coach beyond this season I, I was stunned by that and uh, you know and and different coaches would have reacted to that differently I respect Doug Peterson for yeah. not telling that reporter to cram yeah, it sideways it, frankly right. but uh, but still. I, it's and that's that's look, part of that's Philly, tough that's town, right. that's good right. ways and bad ways, tough town, and you gave them a taste of the top of the mountain. They don't want to go back to the bottom of it. Yeah, well, Doug though, Doug Doug Peterson's Philly tough though. I really do believe that. You know, he he doesn't give a damn. You know, his teams show that they play Philly tough too. They're always battling. They they got always have good energy. You know, despite whether they're healthy or playing good football. I mean. Philadelphia always comes to play and compete and is physical. And uh, Doug Peterson's management of players and how they play for them, I, I mean, I think that's shown from the get-go in Philadelphia how much the team likes him and respects him. You know, he's like Andy Reid. He never points fingers at players. He always blames himself and does those things. It's tough right now. Yeah, it's tough. But I I'm not, like – counting Doug Peterson out in the big picture of things of Philadelphia going forward. No, they fix a few things on that team and they're healthy. And with his coaching, uh, and, and of course they got some talent on defense. I sit there and go, no, Philadelphia can turn this around in one off season and be right back in the mix next year. Remember emotional intelligence was the buzzword that Jeffrey Lurie was reciting after he fired Chip Kelly, who had frankly, no emotional intelligence, and hired Doug Peterson. And I think that's something that Jeff Lurie needs to keep in mind as he considers his options, because ultimately it's his decision. But sometimes you want to be careful what you wish for, because sometimes that new head coach isn't going to be the guy that turns it around. He's yeah. going to be worse. It's going right. to be more of a problem. And, and look, unless they are willing to take a gigantic financial hit and pay Carson Wentz a bunch of money to not play for them and and take the cap hit in a year when the salary cap is only going to be in the neighborhood of 175 million I, no, I just you'd be I better don't off see supporting them your your alternative is let's see what happens next year and maybe everyone's on notice next year and look one one trend that has emerged in Philly. Andy Reid missed the playoffs two straight years. He was gone. Chip Kelly missed the playoffs two straight years. He was gone. So if they don't make it to the playoffs this year and they don't make it next year, okay, fine. If that's how Jeff Lurie wants to run his team, it's his prerogative. You fire your coach if he doesn't make it to the playoffs two straight years. It's, a, that's, it's kind of a high bar, but if that's what you do, that's what you do. But I, I, I just think it would be a huge mistake to – completely forget about 2017, 2018, and 2019. Yeah, I do too. And and, and to, to your point about the Carson Wentz thing and getting rid of him and taking some huge salary cap hit, yeah, I, I don't think that's realistic. First off, I mean, we know Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, they, they believe in Carson Wentz. They made moves to get him. So they're going to let him – he's got nine lives as far as the Eagles organization is considered. And Carson Wentz, he's got his own issues. He's got to adjust to Philly life and all that stuff too. But I think their best bet would be, and a guy they believe in, hey, let's fix some of the issues of the team. Let's get some receivers, a few more weapons around here, around the guy, and then we can make a decision after the 2021 season to see if Carson Wentz is still our guy either way. But I can't imagine that happening here, you know, uh, this or the 2022 season. You know what I'm saying there. It's amazing how quickly, though, an issue can become a thing in the NFL, and I think that the Eagles are now under this microscope for two reasons. First, the report from the Philadelphia Inquirer that Jeffrey Lurie left 
the Week 11 game between the – or didn't leave, didn't show up, didn't even go, boycotted the Browns-Eagles game because of his frustration with the team. And part of that report from Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Lurie has been leaving practices in disgust this year. That's part of what has turned this up and also the Monday night game. It became open season on dysfunction between the coaching staff and the front office, open season on Howie Roseman because one of the broadcasters got fired by Howie Roseman and never bothered to acknowledge that when it was open season on Howie Roseman, which does kind of bother me. I've mentioned it two days in a row now. I just think if you're going to bash somebody, explain to the audience that isn't up on all of the relationships and histories yeah, that yeah well that, you know Mike. what the guy the guy did fire me right so maybe maybe that's influencing my continued attack on the guy who once fired me um so anyway it's a thing now and and there's nothing like going into Green Bay and beating the Packers, which hmm, they did last year. They did. Right? This is a blessing and a curse for the Eagles. Cause last year they went in there and won on a Thursday night. If they could do it again this year, I think it ends all the talk. If they lose this year, though, you're going to have that, well, last year you beat them, and this year you didn't. So, boy, you really are worse this year than you were last year. So uh, it's an opportunity, but it's it's also if they if they just get embarrassed in Green Bay, it's going to make this chatter even louder, I think, Chris. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I think they, you know, again, I'm not, it's the NFL. We know it's a matchup league. There's certain things that they match up well with, with the Green Bay Packers. But Green Bay, for the most part, the way they execute, and again, it just comes down to sheer manpower and just not enough playmakers, you know, 97 different starting offensive linemen arrangements this year. All those issues have just caught up to Philadelphia. And that's made Carson Wentz press and probably Doug Peterson's press. And it's just there, there's issues. I, I just don't see them turning it around this year. I really don't. I, I think this is one year where, yeah, we're going to look back and go, damn, you know, that they ended up 4-11-1 or, you know, 5-10-1. And, and they got a, they got some rebuilding to do. A couple of quick points before we take a break. First, Peterson declined to get into any of his specific conversations with the owner of the team, Jeffrey Lurie, but Peterson said they have a good relationship. It's always good until it isn't. That's kind of how it goes in the NFL. As it relates, though, to this Jalen Hurts issue, we saw a couple of snaps from Hurts on Monday night. There was an anticipation there would be more. Let's let's listen to the exchange between Peterson and reporters on this question of whether or not Peterson was on board with a second-round pick being devoted to the drafting of Jalen Hurts. Here it is. Were you on board with the Jalen Hurts draft pick when it happened? Uh, yes, I was. Why? So, because I'm wondering, because it hasn't really exactly played out the way uh, you guys originally, at least the way that Howie originally said that he would be utilized on offense, and it seems to have undermined uh, you to some extent and Carson Wentz. No, I, I don't. I don't understand where you're coming from. You know, because we, you know, every year we look at we look at quarterbacks. Every year we, uh, if we have an opportunity to take a quarterback, we're going to take a quarterback. At least look at the position. I mean. Every position is is uh, uh, looked at and and uh, and studied, and wherever we can help and add talent and depth, you know, we're going to do that. And the quarterback position is is not exempt from that. And and um, you know, this is a this is a sport where where there's only one quarterback that plays, and and, and Carson uh, is that is that player right now. And and uh, and and we go to work, and um, you know, we we continue to to coach Jalen and we get him prepared. If, if he has to go in and play. So much of what you do when you practice law is study demeanor and delays and facial expressions and and gestures. And look, I, I know that we've spent the last 10 minutes or so saying that everything's fine ultimately, and they've been good the last three years, not this year, but 17, 18, 19. But I, that was a guy choosing his words very, very carefully and not trying to step onto a landmine on this question of whether he was yeah, behind definitely. the Jalen Hurts decision, Chris. Well, it, it's it's a it's a you know lightning rod topic. I mean, it really is. So, you know, everybody, of course, when the team wins in every city, I mean, the team loses in any city. It's the first thing is always bench the coach, and then you know, bench the quarterback, bench the quarterback, bench the quarterback, bench the quarterback. You know, we need to play the backup. We need, and then it's Jalen Hurts, who has been on everybody's radar the last few years because he was the quarterback at Alabama and the quarterback at Oklahoma. And there's these storied, you know, college programs. And whoa, they're good. And 
you know, oh, look, he's the quarterback, and look at these numbers he's putting up at Oklahoma. We need to put him in there. You know, Philadelphia drafted him to be, yeah, a little bit of a weapon here probably in the first year or two of his career. And then, hey, maybe we, you know, get a diamond in the rough at quarterback where Carson Wentz, we know he's physical, gets hurt a lot, you know, maybe three, four years down the road. And if we're not feeling the same about Carson Wentz, uh, maybe Jalen Hurts can turn into something. And in the meantime, he can help out our offense and be a weapon and do all those things. The problem is everybody in Philadelphia wants him to take over as a pure quarterback. And I think everybody in the Philly organization is trying to tell the public without really saying it, that he's not ready to play quarterback. But nobody wants to take that, and I think that's really where the, the big issue is more than, than anything right now. I ignored Pete earlier. I'm not going to ignore him now. We need to go to break. Screw we'll Pete. PFT Live right after this. Screw you, Pete. <laughs> Time now for our weekly airing of grievances, Chris. And I, I've got a little story that I need to tell very quickly as it relates to the ongoing COVID-19 testing. You can see the whole story at profootballtalk.com. Apparently, there was an issue in Denver with one of the assistant coaches who was getting a point-of-care test, and there's a machine that goes with the point-of-care test where they give you a result quickly on the spot. The machine gets calibrated with something that is synthetic, but it, 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 it is used to determine that the machine is catching a positive. So there's something on the material that reads as a positive. That something ended up the nose of a Broncos assistant coach and created a little bit of a panic that maybe the coach had been exposed to the virus. Now, the NFL's position, there was no exposure to any virus. It was an error by the technician. Bioreference Laboratories declined comment when we contacted them, but it definitely happened. And I know there's been 700,000 tests administered this year, Chris, but even if you do 700 million, this sounds like something that just shouldn't happen. So here's hoping it doesn't happen again to any coaches or players or anyone else who's getting tested every day. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, it's dicey. I just think what I think of is like an important, you know, player, personnel, somebody, coach on game day or something like that happening. Hopefully this will be a one-time thing and we won't have to hear about it again. All right, quick break. Full hour of PFT Live still to come. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> 